Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Scarlett Russell, entertainment editor at the Sunday Times Style, and welcome to Secrets of the Side Hustle. In this podcast, I speak to a range of female entrepreneurs who turn their side hustle into a thriving business. You can get the latest episodes straight to your device by subscribing through Apple Podcasts, Acast, Spotify, or wherever you indulge your podcast habit. And while you're there, please give us a rating and share us with your friends, family, and followers. Today, I'm talking to Emma Grant, the founder of Binny Bamba, a company that makes sheepskin buggy liners and baby products. I caught up with her over Zoom a few weeks ago when she was very pregnant with her second son. She's since given birth and both mum and baby are doing wonderfully. But back to that stylish side hustle. Originally from Nottingham, Emma, who is 36, went to university in Bristol before her successful career as a fashion buyer for Topshop. In September 2018, whilst on maternity leave no less, she launched Binny Bamba, and it's quite a story. Here's Emma. Hi Emma, welcome, how are you? I'm good thanks, thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're so excited to have you here on Secrets of the Side Hustle. Also, didn't realise just how pregnant you were. Your due date is in a few weeks. So thank wow. you for giving us the time. Wow, that is a bump. That I is am a pretty bump. big. Two weeks, two weeks today. Ooh, congratulations. And it's another boy, isn't it? You've already got three-year-old Otto and this is another yeah. boy. Yep, another boy. So I'm going to be totally outnumbered by all the men <laughs> in my house. Well, look, I want to hear all about Binny Bamba, how you started the company. Did you not have enough on your plate already with a newborn? Yeah, I think <laughs> it was more of a slow burn in terms of I had, I'd always actually wanted to start something of my own eventually. And I kind of looked forward at the, the career trajectory at Topshop and I was getting quite senior. And when I looked ahead at the next role, you, you became management and you weren't developing products and it's a product that I love. And then I was having a family and I thought, God, I love the travel and I love going away, but do I want to be going on these huge buying trips for weeks? And it, it just didn't appeal quite as much. And I felt like I'd, I'd done it and it perhaps didn't fit with my new lifestyle as a mum. When I left to have my baby, I really thought, oh, I won't be coming back. Oh, really? You knew even then? I was just really sure, strangely sure I was going to use the opportunity of being not at work every day to try and and get some space. I think, I think to start a business, you need some time, some headspace to, to really think through what you want to do. And it's hard to come up with something, but also 
day to day, your life's so hectic. Like you're getting up, you're going to work, you're going out with your friends after work, you're going on a trip. You know, having a baby is actually an incredible time to have some time to get off that bus and do something entirely different. Tell me how you landed on sheepskin buggy liners because it's quite niche. It's really niche. <laughs> but I think that is the key. Pick something niche. Okay, that's great advice. I was definitely driving my my um, new mum friends mad, kind of come, trying to come up with something. And um, I think the thing for me, it was that just because you become a mum doesn't mean you lose your interest in fashion. And I felt like this product, I could see it was becoming a baby essential. People were buying them. They were everywhere in the park. And also all the competitors looked really, when I looked into it, looked really sort of a little bit tired and outdated and didn't speak to sort of, they weren't on Instagram. They didn't speak to fashion conscious, Instagram savvy parents. And then I kind of learned of the health benefits of sheepskin for babies, which there's, they sheepskin is such an amazing natural fiber and it has so oh. many things it does for children. Which Like what? It does so much. It's hypoallergenic. It's obviously natural, um, but it's been proven. There's been lots of studies to show that if a baby that spends time on a sheepskin in their first three months of life is 79% less likely to develop asthma. So it's got amazing health benefits in terms of allergies. So you've decided on your idea. What's the next thing you do? How do you get it off the ground? I'm kind of glad that I had like a big dose of naivety. Um, <laughs> Because I think if you knew what was ahead, you definitely would not do it. I had been the buyer on Topshop on Boutique and Unique. So I knew I had contacts already. My first um, point of call was ringing them up and saying, I've got this idea. Don't tell anybody. I want to do, like, is it possible to take, to, to source this quality and to do it in these colors? To which they said, oh yeah, easy, 100%, no problem. And I had a conversation where I was like, I'm going to quit my job on the basis of this conversation. You're sure? You're definitely sure. And um, they were like, we're sure. So I was like, great, I'm going to quit my job. What? So I literally, and now I look back and I think, I was mental. Emma had the concept and the confidence she needed to really kickstart her business. Now all she needed was for her first lot of manufacturing to go off without a hitch. It was an absolute disaster. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a disaster. Oh, no. So I placed my first order. Um, I did the pattern. I got my manufacturer. That was all fine. Um, and I knew I was going to make um, in Britain, in England, in London, actually, in a factory that I had used previously that was very trustworthy and good ethical standards. And Oh, so that was important to you, was it? Oh, massive. I think now the days of people not caring where things are from or, mm. you know, it it has to be ethically made it has you have to cross your t's and dot your i's I think as a, a mum myself I want to know where things I'm buying are from and and how they're made this is just a really basic question sorry but can you just clarify the difference between the tannery the manufacturer and the supplier um it's huge because it it's it goes from taking the raw material which is the sheep skin and it has to go through a whole tanning process so that it's fully tanned and then it goes through a dyeing process and then it's like having your hair blow dried and straightened it it goes through like seven machines often done by hands where they straighten their hair make it all glossy and and that's why it feels so lovely and smooth so that's the tanning process the supplier so was my agent that was my link that I'd had actually from my previous job who was the link between me and the tannery and um, the factory is the factory that actually would then take the sheepskins that would come in their natural form and like you'd see a sheepskin rug and cut it into my buggy liners. So 
it was all, you know, going fine. I'd quit my job in the October, January, my first delivery was due to arrive. And then January, 2018, this is by now. Yeah. Okay. And they were very quiet and I wasn't hearing anything and I was starting to get nervous. And then the supplier said to me, oh, the tannery aren't interested. They're actually really busy at the moment. And your order is so small that they just don't want to do it. And this was when it was due. And I, you know, thought I'd been in work and was due to be delivered in the January. So I was like, I've quit my job. What do you mean? Like, do you not think you should have told me this before? So um, that happened. And then they, they said, oh, their sister tannery will do the smaller minimums. Because getting a factory or a tannery to do... When you're starting something up, it's so important that you can trial something and not overcommit because I didn't know if people were definitely going to buy them. I had my gut instinct that they were selling. I could do nicer colors. My branding would stand out, this, that, the other. But you don't know until you've actually got something to market if it's going to work. So this delivery that was due in January um, didn't materialize. In March, the sister tannery delivered. And when they delivered the skins, they were all wrong. To launch a business with product that's not perfect, you, you're never going to work. It's it just all, everything else I've been working on would have been a waste of time. So I had to start again. And it's at that point that I honestly thought, what the hell have I done? Um, so your supplier's in the UK, the factory's in the UK, but the tannery is abroad? So originally, so um, it was in China. So the, t- the Chinese have been really savvy. So they have bought up, a lot of sheepskin farms in Australia and the particular type of sheepskin that I need for my product is Australian Merino. So nearly a huge percentage, most of Australian Merino sheepskin in the world comes via China because they have that monopoly on it. So, so originally it was from there, but when I got let down, I realized that you could get British sheepskin. So I started Googling, I mean, it was so random, Googling English tanneries and ringing anyone just cold calling and I eventually realized there was only one really com- truly commercial English tannery left because it's a dyed out craft in the UK and so I got in my car and I drove down to the other side of the country to go to this tannery this tannery works with Rolls-Royce for their foot mats so in a Rolls-Royce car you have the finest sheepskin on the planet for your feet so wow I went and then I got, I got back and the guy went really quiet on me. He was too busy with Rolls Royce, didn't want to work with me. Um, I'm too small. I'm new. He doesn't know me. So eventually when I was getting very desperate, I just suddenly thought, what does he do with the Rolls Royce rejects? Are there any rejects that they have or skins they can't use for Rolls Royce? Um, and he, t- he came back and he said, oh my God, Emma, I've got mountains of them. We just keep them at the tannery. Um, and because my products are cut and sewn, I could buy them at a discount, cut, avoid the flaws in the sheepskin because it'd be something very minor um, that would mean they would, they'd get rejected for Rolls Royce because their standards are so high. So the way I started the business was basically using using dead end stock. So that's how I started it. And then I continued to work for them with them for a long time until I've become so big that they can't cope. And then now we do a bit of a mix of using their sheepskins. My original supplier came good. So I resourced and now it's, it's taken a long time, but that's how I, I got the business actually off the ground was using 
stock that otherwise sheepskins that otherwise would be going to waste that is so savvy and inventive and really goes to show that you really need to a not quite take no for an answer and b just be really kind of creative and always thinking and always trying to come up with a solution there will be so many obstacles in setting up your own business that come your way and things that you just wouldn't expect happen so yeah you need a bit of a can-do approach definitely so you've aced the product now the story of how the name Binny Bamba came about is so good so I'm just gonna let you tell the story because it's great <laughs> well, it's another clanger <laughs> in the Binny Bamba story <laughs> so it was called Coco Bamba um so this is a big tip for anyone starting starting a business before you do anything check that you can trademark a name because what I did was I went away and checked I could get all the social um domains so on Instagram on Facebook um, I checked I could get the website and what I found with Coco Bamba was someone owned one of the website domains so I actually spent a huge chunk of my startup investment buying this stupid domain from somebody that owns it and I think it cost me three thousand pounds so <gasps> a lot of money and then at the very end, I went to trademark it and I'm married to a lawyer, so this should never have happened. But um, we went to trademark it and then out of the woodwork came Chanel. I, I got this lovely letter on Chanel embossed um, paper to Miss Grant with an objection of why I could not trademark the company with the use of Coco because they, they protect everything to do with Chanel. So they consider Coco intrinsically linked to Chanel. So my husband was saying, you've got to change the name. It's better to do it now than when you've bought your packaging and you've launched a brand and then you sure. have to the name. But I was like, I'm not changing my name. Um, it's Coco Bamba. So then, if that wasn't bad enough, um, he came home from work and he said, you've got a bigger problem than Chanel. <laughs> I was like, how? <laughs> I love that it's not, can I just say, I love that it's not all plain sailing though, because this is exactly why I think I love sort of doing this podcast and people listen to it is to prove it's not always easy and there are bumps in the road, but you can, can still have a really successful business. It's definitely a right old roller coaster and there's mountains to climb and, but that's almost like what is so fun about it. It's such an adventure and it was so different. Like at the time, the Chanel thing, yeah, I, I cried. <laughs> But now I look back and I think, God, what a great story. And, and now I, I love the name Binny Bamba so much more. How did, how did Binny Bamba come about then, that name? So after Chanel came Bruce Willis's wife. <laughs> Emma Willis, that's her name. Emma Willis, yes, that's her. So my husband came back from work and he said, you've got a bigger problem than Chanel. And he said, there's a German company registered and they're called Coco Baba. And he said, oh, it, you know, she does coconut baby products. It's so similar. It's the same classification. You have to change the name. Um, so he said, oh, I found this woman on, on um, YouTube. So he gets this video up. And then the next thing, the, the woman interviewing her just kept going on and on about what Bruce was like with the kids, what's Bruce like at home, a lot of Bruce. And I thought, who the hell is she married to? Googled Bruce Willis. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm like wedged between... Bruce Willis's wife and Chanel, I've got to change the name. Yeah. Where, why Binny Bamba then? Where's that from? Sheer desperation of finding a name. So, okay. <laughs> um, um, I, I wanted to keep the Bamba side of it because I thought it had a lovely ring. And then I have always gone to Menorca in the summer since I was a child. And Binny actually is a Catalan word for sun. 
son of. Um, so I thought, oh, that sounds great. I decided I was going to go for it. And in the end, I kind of thought what well, the names are relevant because I'd love to be seat dressed head to turn acne, but when would you ever call a brand acne? I mean, God. Yeah, so true. So a brand becomes more than the name. So I, in the end, decided you just need to get over it. And it also, it ticked every trademark box. So I was like, done. Now, hopefully, if you're setting up your own business, you won't have a major fashion house or Bruce Willis's wife to contend with. But you might still be wondering, how does someone even go about trademarking? So I did do it through lawyers, um, but you can do it yourself. Um, there's a trademarking website and you can go through and it depends on the classification. You, you trademark a product based on different um, classifications. So for me, I was trademarking as a baby product. And I probably would say, do get um, a trademark lawyer involved because there's no point paying. You do have to spend money to do it. And then you find that you're not covered because really what you're doing it for is for protection later on down the line. Should someone try and copy or steal your brand name once you become established. So it is really important. It's really important. And I think, I think the thing in setting up a business as well that I found there's so much back office, quite boring admin that you need to do. It's not a case of just like creating some nice products and putting it out there. There's, you know, there's safety testing, there's, you know, insurance, there's, there's trademarking, there's website domains. There's, there was so much stuff that I could not get over, I had to do. That's so interesting. How did you find out about all of that? Was it just as you were going? I was really lucky. I had a couple of friends that had started um, their own businesses. And then I'd also joined things like I went on Step Up Club when I was coming towards the end of my maternity leave. And that was a network of women all looking to change career or start their own businesses. Just tell me then what, what kind of else happens in the run-up to the launch, which happened in 2018. What else are you doing? You've got the, the trademark, the domain name, you've got your socials. Are you kind of employing someone to do things at this point or is it still all you? Very much me. I, well, called in every favour going. If you're going to make it, you have to keep your costs really lean. And I, I knew that from my buying background. I had one of my close friends from work, Rachel, her husband's an amazingly talented graphic designer. And he agreed to do all my um, branding and graphic design for me for free. So he did that. And then I had a friend who was one of my mum friends that I made on maternity leave who was a copyright, well, is a copywriter. So I worked with her to come up with a tone of voice for the website and the brand. And then the website was a contact through a friend. And again, I'd just done loads and loads of mood boards and research on what I wanted it to look like. And then you get down things like, packaging which was god a minefield because at the time there, there weren't many eco options everything was plastic which i really didn't want and massive minimums so i managed to source dust bags um, and have them printed with binny bamba and make sure that all everything was as ethical and and eco as it could be how did you decide on a price point around the 98 pound mark the hero kind of product, the product that Binnie Bamber is so synonymous and known for is this Sheepskin Snuggler, which yeah. essentially is a buggy liner. I just thought buggy liner sounds horrible. I mean, pricing as a buyer, it was such a, it, I went back and forth, back and forth. I did market research. I checked what was out there. So John Lewis set the bar at 50 pounds. Bugaboo was like 90. But I think as well, I was really confident by the time I got the product right, that my product was by far the plushest, the colors that 
um, I developed were my own colors. I was in Liberty, um, ready to buy a pair of 120 pound men's chinos for the perfect pink dip. I did crazy things. Um, so getting those colors right was a very long process. So I, I was confident that no one was offering what I, what, what, I, what I had developed. So you could charge more of a premium. And I was also confident that I'd gone through hell and back to get the product right and that it was worth more. You've been featured in some really lovely luxury print titles. How did you go about getting press? Yeah, you guys have been amazing, actually. So big thank you to the Sunday Times style because... As a fashion girl myself, it's brilliant to be in all the baby magazines and that's been, they've been great. But seeing it in something that I read supplements, that I read sort of every week, which, oh my God, gave me such a, <laughs> such a high. So re- again, I used friends. So one of my close friends, Fleur, she um, worked in fashion PR. So she helped me get the contacts through, is it Fashion Monitor? So mm. that's how I started. Let's just explain what Fashion Monitor is to our listeners. It's almost like the Bible, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of online database of contacts and you you pay for membership, you sign up, um, the press use it to find out contact information about fashion PRs, fashion and beauty PRs. It was great. So I, I literally just emailed people like, and I still do that. You know, a lot of journalists that I would approach, I've approached through Instagram or things about Instagram, just DMing people. Over time, I've kind of built up sort of more contacts um, of people at different publications. But I will do regular, when I launched, I did a press release. And then if I ever launch something new, like when I launched the booties, I'd do a new one. So it's just really keeping up and, and really hustling. I think you've got to hustle, like you've got to try and create some noise to get some coverage. So you've launched in September 2018. When are you, are you pretty much making sales from then or does it take a while for you to start? I had a launch party at um, a local um, baby store um, in Walthamstow called Word. And um, the day of launch, so I had called in all the favours with everyone I knew that was had a their own brand or had a good following on Instagram. I, so what, they could be there, your friends Instagramming it, posting it, and then anyone that saw that could by that point go and buy stuff. Yeah, yeah. good they, good strategy. They, they could buy it. So the website was live and selling, and I also had stock in the store for the pop-up for the launch that people could buy there and then and see it as well, because I think that's hard about an online business is getting something so tactile as sheepskin, getting that feeling of the quality and the colours and everything across on online is a bit of a challenge. So did you feel that before that launch, you'd created quite a buzz? For me, and again, another ex-Topshop buyer, so Frida, who runs House of Hackney, she was telling me about launching her business. And he thought the minute the website went live, it would just be sales coming through like Topshop. I remember her telling me it was terrifying because they didn't just come through. So my expectation for launch was really low. And I thought it would take time, but it went live. And it Shopify does this really addictive thing. Shopify is the platform that hosts my website. and it Like goes, a Squarespace type thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and when you have a transaction go through, it makes this noise, which is chiching. <laughs> and um, it, it went live and I was expecting nothing. And it went chiching, 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 chiching. I was like, oh my God. Oh, I, I was honestly slat, sat on my kitchen floor going, oh my, oh my God, people are buying them. <laughs> What? How do they know about me? How are they here? But so it was incredible. And so, it's been, I guess, a year and a half since then. Do you have any idea of how much you've sold? There are tens of thousands of them out there now. So it's wow, been, it's been rapid. So I mean, first year was 
a great year, but this year, year two, so I'm halfway through year two, is going to be like 350% up on the last year. So it's, it's really scaling now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Now, we all know that launching a new business is risky. Even if your product's amazing, there's no telling when you'll turn your hustle into profit. So how long did it take Emma? My setup costs actually were really, other than that £3,000 I wasted on that stupid... <laughs> domain um you live and learn you live yeah you definitely learn um I spent including my stock and everything I think it was about 14,000 pounds it cost me to set up the business from scratch so and part of that was stock so would come back as sales so it wasn't a small amount but it wasn't you know ridiculous and in terms of breaking even I broke even the first year which is talking to people it's quite unusual to break even within the first year, but because um, my, my costs were so low. So I think I'd broken even in the first couple of months. I wow. Like, like three months in, I, two, yeah, three months in, I think I'd broken even. But there's obviously a lot of investment as well. And I think that's why it's so important to keep your costs as tight as you can, because you've got to keep reinvesting your money to buy more stock. There's a lot of expenditure going out the door before you get it back in. And I think in that first year as well, because I was scaling as I was, I was having to invest a lot of money in, in, in stock. Did you invest in um, promotional materials as well, or events or anything like that as well? Well, I did gift. So I gifted to um, influencers. I've always been quite penny pinching on these things. So it wasn't until last May that I actually started doing sponsored adverts on Instagram. So for, actually my first big investment on advertising was on search engine optimization because I felt like it was a, a safer investment to appear higher in the Google ranking when, when someone searches sheepskin buggy liner or sheepskin pram liner to appear there. And I did spend quite a lot of money on that. And, um, if you'd asked me six months ago, was it worth it? I probably would say I'm not sure, but it has been incredible. So now I'm number one organically. So you, you know, if you search something, you get yeah, the, ads. the ads come up. Yeah. You get the ads where people have paid to be there. 
Right. Um, but I always skip them because I think, oh, they've paid to be there. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if people realize that. So when it comes up in its ads, someone's paid to be there. And then you get the organic ones where it's just because people, it's popular or people have regularly searched for it or it's optimized for search engine optimization. So I, I paid someone to optimize my website. All your photos on your website have descriptions behind them so they go behind the scenes and they make sure I've got sheepskin pram liner sheepskin buggy liner all over my photos and every single bit of content that you add to your website new articles new products the more you regularly update organically google rewards you and you appear higher and higher up the ranking I want to ask Instagram you've got a pretty impressive following now 25,000 followers how much time do you spend dedicated to the account planning taking photos posting Instagram I spend far too much time on because I do it all myself so all the feed that you see <laughs> um all the stories that's me um I, I honestly think in my career in fashion there's been such a change in Instagram didn't exist and now it has allowed people to start businesses. I think if you're going to start a business 10 years ago, you would need huge advertising and marketing budgets because how could you ever compete with the big players? Whereas Instagram is free. It's incredible. You're getting in front mm. of all these people. You can create your own content. You can talk directly to your customers and really get your personality as a brand across. Something that Emma has always done really well with Binnie Bamba is collaborations, working with other babywear brands. I wanted to know how they came about and more importantly, how lucrative they were. There have been some great businesses that have come out of buyers from Topshop actually. And so Tibra Mal, so Anna from Tibra Mal was a buyer at Topshop at the same time as me. And when I launched, she was really sweet. And on my launch day, she actually got in touch and said, oh, good luck. And also, if you ever want to do something together, shout. And I was like, oh, my God. Like For me, seeing what they had built had been a big inspiration to me with Tibra and Marl and seeing, you know, they'd taken something like a changing bag and a baby bag that really there were some really horrible options out there and just given it a bit of a cool spin. And they, they've killed it and done so incredibly well. So... When Anna said that, I was like, oh my God, that would be brilliant. So um, we then had conversations about it and they, I thought they'd want to do, you know, a sheepskin pocket on their bag or something like that, but they wanted to do my product, but in their colors. So much easier for me to do. And we, we got together a few times and came up with the colors that they wanted to do um, and developed it for them. And yeah, so it's been brilliant. So just having having some contacts and friends that had already built something that was, you know, a, a brand that I really respected and looked up to was great. So that, that has been brilliant. And we've had two collections since, and then Charlie Crane Paris. So I, that launched last September. Um, I'd seen their Levo rocker there. It's a lovely wooden baby rocker, a bit like the baby Bjorn, but, but a wooden version. Um, and I really wanted one and I thought, oh, wow, I could do a liner for that. So I DM'd them and then eventually I got put in touch with the founder, Thomas, who's this lovely French guy, lives in Paris. And um, he'd wanted to develop a sheepskin liner for his best-selling Levo liner, but had had, didn't know where to start. So we started having conversations. I developed the product and then it's just learning from all these people that are ahead of you and finding out you know, what's worked, what's not worked. And, 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 and actually the power of having a collaboration has been really good because it got me, I've got quite a big following in France. 
Um, and I have a lot of sales to France. And I think that's because I've had that exposure through mm. Charlie Crane. Exactly. You're kind of pooling all your resources. So you're getting their followers, they're getting yours. It's just much wider reach. Yeah. And I think, I think I'm allowed to announce this. So we've got um, a collection coming this winter for Liberty, London. Wow. That's so, great. And when you do these collaborations, how do you, how does that make you money? So I will produce the product and wholesale it to the brand that I'm collaborating with. So they buy it at a preferential rate. And so they sell the product, they make money on it, but they also pay me for the cost price plus an add-on of some profit for me for producing it for them. It's the exposure as well that it's worth to build the brand in terms of more people seeing you. And and generally you want to collaborate with someone a lot bigger than you. So obviously Tibra Mom, much more established brand than me, Charlie Crane, a different market entirely, not the UK, much bigger than me. They've got 150,000 followers on Instagram and, um, and Liberty. It's like, for me, it's iconic to do something with such an amazing department store. Emma has so much going on in her business and she's a mum. I really wanted to know how she juggles it all. Starting this business has meant that I've had a lot more time with him. Like in terms of, I have him two days a week. He's at nursery three. The days that I work, I work flat out. I drop him at nursery at eight. I pick him up at five. I'm the last mum there. Um, he, he, um, he's there for the whole day. And, um, and yeah, and when I have him, there is a bit of a juggling going on. Like I, Vinnie Bamberry is my second baby. I love it so much. And I always have been a bit of a workaholic. Like I, I can work, I work in the evenings. I might do a little bit of the weekends, but it doesn't really feel like work because I really, I get such a buzz out of it. Let's just forget lockdown ever happened <laughs> in a pre-corona world. Can you kind of talk me through what a typical working day would be from the moment you get up to lights out? I haven't set my alarm clock since I had my son. Um, or, <laughs> so wake up is definitely not determined by me, it's by him. Probably one of the first things I do when I wake up is do my Instagram post, which is tragic, I know. Um, so I just get it out of the way and do it and then it's out and it's done. Um, and then it's emails. So fire through all those emails that are coming in and it's suppliers and it's packaging and it's new projects you might be working on, collaborations, customer service. I get a lot of emails from people and I try and be really on that because I think if you want to build a brand that's trusted, you need the customer service needs to be really good. And then I now very luckily have scaled so much that at one point I was fulfilling all the orders, which was so much work. Um, and I was even hand combing those sheepskins at one point. Wow. Yeah. It Dedication. Was, it was brutal. It was me and the dog <laughs> brush are very good friends. I'm really good with a dog brush. Um, about eight months ago, I took on a delivery center and the girls are amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean, every day is quite different. I might go to the factory a few times. I'm developing new products at the moment, like buggy gloves I'm launching this winter. For mum or baby? For mum to go on your buggy bar. So you just put your hands in them. This is the part of the show we call What She Said. It's based on our weekly feature in style where we get your burning career questions answered by powerful and successful women across all different industries. The question we have for Emma is, is there a right time in your career to have a baby? I don't think there's a right time ever to have a baby. <laughs> I have always been quite driven and quite career focused, I suppose. And um, I've always loved what I've done. So... 
I feel quite thankful that I had those years where I could travel. Um, I could work late at the office if I wanted to. I could give it my absolute all without any distraction at home because I very much didn't have any responsibilities. So I think for me, I, I think everyone's different. But for me, I, I definitely am glad I waited till I was in my 30s to have my first because it meant my career had a really good head start. Now onto our new feature, Throw Forward. Each time we speak to a female entrepreneur, we ask them to come up with a question for the next one. This is what last week's guest, Laura Jackson, set for Emma. I would like to know how to stay relevant and authentic. Oh, God. Oh, I love Laura Jackson as well. She's got a Vinnie Bamba. Oh, has she? Yeah, she's lovely, Laura. Um, God, how do you stay relevant and authentic? I think when you set up a business, you need to know what you're seeking to achieve in it. And I did quite a lot of planning at the beginning of mine of, you know, who did I want it to appeal to? What did I want it to stand for? The main sort of pinpoints for the brand. Ethos. Yeah, the ethos to the, and make sure that everything you do goes back to that. And it can be quite hard, I think, as you get, as you continue in developing something, you forget what you wanted it to be at the beginning. So I think make sure you're really clear on what you want your brand to stand for and make sure everything that you do goes back to those brand values. And Emma, we'd love to know your question. Why don't you tell us what you would love to know from our next guest? So really for me, um, I could do with all the advice I can get in terms of how you keep your work and life, both plates really spinning at the same time without it being the detriment of one or the other. So we found out how Binny Bamba came to be and we threw our what she said and throw forward questions to Emma. Now it's almost time to say goodbye, but I have just enough time for one more question. What does the future look like for Emma and her business? So um, obviously I've got a new Binny babe coming, my baby arriving, um, but for the business, lots of new products are launching for autumn, winter. I've got some really exciting collaborations coming. Yeah, I think... It's a case of watch your space because we're definitely going to be really busy and I've got a really exciting year ahead. It sounds like a bright future ahead, Emma. Thank you so much for being a guest on Secrets of the Side Hustles. Absolutely fascinating hearing your story. I'm sure listeners will love it. So thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thanks so much. Thanks to Emma Grant from Billy Bamba for being such an informative guest with so much incredible advice. If you're in the market for some sheepskin baby products, you can visit the website binnybamba.com and you can find her on Instagram at binnybamba. I'm there as well. Just search for at Scarlet Rose Russell. And before you go, once again, please subscribe, rate and share the series, which you can do through whatever your preferred podcast app is. I'll be back next week where I'll be joined by Arena Okonkwo, the founder of Cashmere. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.